Welcome to Not Your Mama's Relief Society. I'm Annie Joy, and me and Julie are on a mission to teach the tools to help us to build a kinder Zion. Join us for today's conversation because there's always room on the pew for you. Hey guys, I'm really excited for you to meet Ophi in this week's episode. He is so fun. You're going to love him. But before we get started, I wanted to tell you about my kindness camp. So I started it last summer for kids ages 8 to 10 to learn how to be kind in an unkind world. And we learned about confidence and about how to regulate our emotions and how to communicate and be a good teammate and how to understand that other people are different and have different perspectives. And we also do a service project at the end. It was really fun last summer and I'm excited to be able to offer more locations and more weeks this summer. So I'll have five different weeks available in two different locations in the Mesa Gilbert area. And after listening to President Nelson's talk yesterday, it just really struck me that I need to get this out to more people so I can have more families and more kids be impacted to learn these skills so that we can create a kinder Zion. So if you're in the Mesa Gilbert area and would like to share about this, please contact me. Um, you can email me at heyanniejoy at gmail.com and I can send you a flyer that you could share virtually if you're interested in doing that. Or if you're in the area and have a kiddo you'd like to have come to camp, I would love to have them and hang out with them. So if you go to anniejoy.com, go to work with me and then Kindness Camp is right there. I will also link the website at the end in the show notes. You can find it really easily after the episode. So I would love to have you there if you're interested and also love to have you spread the word so we can get more families to learn about Kindness Camp. Thank you for being part of my community and showing up week after week. It means the world to me. And without further ado, Mr. Ophi. All right, friends, welcome back. So it, it is just amazing how you can find friends or like find good hearts in like the most random places. Annie can. So, Annie. Uh, I mean, I can't. I this is the thing. I, yeah. I can. I find Annie's gift. I find the humans everywhere. So picture, if you will, I go to this um little like mini bar place like up in Prescott, Arizona. I had a friend invite a bunch of us. She's like, Oh, there's this band. You're gonna love him. He's great. Um, just come. It'll be so fun. It's like this little, it almost reminds like a little speakeasy bar, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, it was this really cool little like just cool place. And so we show up and we're like, okay, I, I love live music. I'm here for it. Whatever. We go. I was not expecting to be like blown away. Like I thought it'd be like, oh, some little, you know, small show. Okay, great. No. Ophi gets up there and the dude it just like blew me away. And I was like, this is like the coolest person. I mean, not of all time. Cause there's so many cool people, but I just, I was so still of all time. We can say <laughs> all time. It's fine. Like I just there's definitely like, cooler people out there. <laughs> there are, there's so many cool people. Like I love, there's so many cool people, but it was just, I mean, Julie's already commented on the hair. You guys, his hair is amazing, but it was just the like, your hair's like blown in the wind. You had like a fan going, I think. And you're just rocking not out. Not my and... idea, but yes. Was that? I said the fan was not my idea. Uh, it was a, a friend at the bar that was like, hey, let's get a fan blowing. And it actually like uh, dried out my voice pretty quick. So I was like, like all right, we got to move the fan. Yo, but, get rid yeah. of the fan. And well, the I think videos, it's just it like great. so hot in there. So like you needed some air, but like. It just had this effect of like your your gorgeous hair is flowing. You're just rocking out. And it was like, what? But the coolest part, yes, you're a talented musician, which is great. 
But on top of that, like you shared these stories about like your own like mental health journey and the things you've been through and the things you've experienced. And it was so connecting like as a person, which is so powerful. Anyway, it's so fun because it was a small little venue. We got to all go meet him after and he just like hugged everybody, was just so nice to everybody. I'm like, this is a good human. Like anyway, just like pure gold. And I don't know if you remember, but I was like, I feel like the best way to describe your voice is raspy butter like raspy mm. butter like and he's all hey raspy butter i'm down for that like great but really i mean maybe we'll make him sing but it is so good like your voice is just incredible and you have this incredible heart so it just i mean that's a killer combo friends really you're so sweet well you're just good time so really so we're excited for you to be here because you just you do have great stories to share and and it, a good message to share. And so I want more people to know about that and also to come listen to your music because it's freaking rad is what it is. So, so sweet. Thank well, you. So tell Thank us you for having me. Tell everybody about you. Like, so how did you get into being a musician? Like, where does your band name come from? Like, tell us like kind of your origin story, how you became to be Ophi. Yeah, um, I actually want to talk about that uh, bar. <laughs> Please uh, talk about the at. bar. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's in Prescott, Arizona. And uh, we actually played a show at the cabin in Utah. It's a, a big, or I wouldn't say big venue, but it's a good size venue, three, 400 people. And uh, it was like right when COVID finally started to open up. And so we had the place packed. It was like standing room only 400 plus people squeezed into this, this venue. And we just rocked it. We had so much fun. Uh, but there was a guy um, uh, who later on became a, a really good friend. But anyway, um, he was there. And so he hit me up maybe six months later and said, I want to surprise my wife. Uh, you're one of her favorite bands. She's got like three favorite bands. Can we book you to come play? And I said, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I, I love stuff like that. I don't really do like birthdays, you know, and, and sure. like it's not like I'm <laughs> too big for that. But I was just like, and then he was like, no, it's at like an actual venue. And so the way they did it was just so amazing. Um and so I said, yeah, let's do it. And so uh, the my normal drummer was out. So I had our good fill-in with us. And I believe it was the, it was the first show that I'd ever played with those guys. Um, and we had a blast, man. It was so much fun. And, you know, the funny thing, I don't want to like go too much into, you know, a different, a different path in this conversation, but uh, you said something like you weren't expecting really much. Let's be honest. Like, and it's no. such a funny thing. It's such a funny thing when you meet somebody and they say, Hey, let's go hear my friend's band. Automatically, I don't know why, you just assume garage band. These guys are terrible. This is a pity <laughs> show. We're just going to go support and be, have friends and like just try to have fun. And you just don't expect a professional a performance because really you haven't ever heard of, of the band. That's really why you've never heard of the band, you've never heard of their music. Um, but I just wish in the culture, <laughs> it's just such a funny thing. You know, people are like, you just never expect to, to meet somebody. Like if somebody told me, Hey, my friend is a, a, a great painter. I'm like, cool. But you don't expect them to be amazing. You know, you don't expect them yeah. to be pain in the Sistine Chapel and all that stuff. So anyway, uh, that show was a lot of fun. Cause we met some really, really cool people. Um, so journey from music, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, 
kept me on the earth is the nicest way I can say it. You know, besides the gospel, um, really music has just been there for me. It's been the one thing that like I can communicate with and I can hear answers through music. Um, and it's been such a cool way to connect with other people. And I've had other people come up to me and say, you know, I, I too struggled with this and I had this and, and it's just like, it's so cool to not feel alone. And music is just one of the coolest ways to connect with people. So that's, that's kind of what got me into music. Um, my brothers were in a band when I was growing up and all the ladies loved them and they were just the sure. coolest cats <laughs> on the block. And I was like, I want to be like that. Um, so I ended up starting my own band and then um, ended up going on my mission to Panama. And funny enough, like during my mission, I was done with music. I actually wanted to be an institute teacher or a, a gospel doctor teacher or seminary teacher. That was it. I just You'd be wanted great to teach. at, I'm sure. I so someday, someday after music, I, I want to be an institute teacher. Like I just think I think teaching the gospel is the most rock star thing you could do. It's so fun. Um, and so I actually came home from my mission and gave up music. I remember distinctly praying to Heavenly Father, and I the experience was really cool because I said, all right, Heavenly Father, I'm done with music. I'm going to just teach the gospel or work in the temple. I'll, I'll do something. And I remember his voice distinctly saying, well, wait, like, do, you, do you still want to do music? And I said, yeah, but, but that's okay. Because I, I know you want me to teach, so I'm going to teach. Uh, forget music. And then again, it was, son, do you want to do music? And I said, yeah, but, but you know, like, I want to build the kingdom. <laughs> and then again, it was, do you want to do music for the rest of your life? And I said, okay, yes, if I could have it my way, then I would do that. And then this calming voice said, so go do music. And it was like the first time that I understood that Heavenly Father is very interested in our lives and in our choices and in our likes and dislikes. That it's, you know, here I just had this image of a God who's like, hey, I don't want you to have fun on earth. I just want you to, you know, even though I have fun in the gospel, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Be a what dentist. Be a dentist. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I think we have, like, and if we have that, like, streamline answer that it's the wrong answer. Exactly. And again, not obviously, I know none of us are saying dentists are bad, but it, we use that as like a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, I like my dentist. Yeah, uh, we, we need them. But, They're but important. Yes, the, yeah. <laughs> yes. But it's, I mean, just like music's not for everybody. I, I went to college and I had straight A's, but I dropped out after like three semesters. And it's like the nine to five job for me, I just like felt myself dying. I just felt like there's got to be more because my soul is just bored. My soul's just not exercising or living. And I'm just not, I'm just not happy. Whereas I have some friends that they love their finance company or love being a dentist or a doctor, like that sets their soul on fire. And so I just thought, you know what, that's what music does. Music, nothing, I, nothing bad ever comes from me doing music. Even when it's like a, I've lost big shows. I've lost good friends. I've, I've been, been cheated. I've been stolen from, like, I've had terrible things happen in the music industry. Um, but I'm like, dude, I, I would never want to do anything else. I love the music. So well, and that show like some of your question. It totally, but like, that's the thing is yes. Like, were we expecting like an amazing singer? No, it was like, this will be fun because I'm a kind of person that if I'm showing up, I'm going to have a good time. Like I am a walking yeah, good yeah. time. So it's cool. Like I will just yeah. go have fun, but was not expecting like a professional musician. And, but like, 
like I said, like you are talented, but also like you can see yourself like get lost in it. And that's so powerful. Like we just did an interview about like your, what your purpose is and like kind of the myths around that. And like that you just, it's what's the thing that like sets you free? Like what makes you feel like your soul's on fire, like you said. And when you're performing, I see that. I see that you are in your zone and like you are just killing it. And it's like, we all want that. So for one second, it's like, oh, maybe I need to be a rock star. No, that's not my calling in life. But it's the feeling of, I want to be as free as Ophi is when he's singing. And, you know, I try to tell people like, again okay best example like jesus christ thinking of him um i I had a an anti-mormon pastor ask me one time aren't you exhausted being quote-unquote a mormon and i just chuckled and i said okay this is interesting good great great question what do you mean (laughs) and this was back in the day with home teaching but he's like dude you gotta go to seminary you gotta read the book of mormon and the bible and the doctrine covenants Old and New Testament, pearl great price. You got to go on a mission for two years. Then you got to go to the temple and then you got to do home teaching. Then you got to give talks in church. And then you got to go to church for three hours. Like, and, you know, as he's saying this, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, what's the best possible response I can give to that? Because I know all of us have had those Sundays where you're like, I'm wiped out. I'm exhausted. Like it's yeah. been a long, you know, day or general conference, you know, whatever. <laughs> And I'm sitting there just asking Heavenly Father, like, okay, what do I, what's it, what's a good response to that? And I've learned to respond to questions with more questions. And so I just asked him, I said, let me ask you a real question then. Do you think Jesus Christ ever gets tired being our savior? Do you think he's ever just like, oh, Annie, again, oh, we went over this already. Like, I'm so sick of this. Um, do you ever think when he was, I mean, he walked over 60 miles and, and sought out John the Baptist to be baptized. Like, I, I don't even think I could walk 60 miles for a concert, you know, like 60 miles. Like, yeah. that's a long, that's like 10 days walking, you know, yeah. but it was, you know, because of purpose. And then imagine all the stories we don't have written down from Jesus Christ from day to day, uh, all the stories of, you know, where there was nobody there to witness. And it was just Jesus Christ and that one person or that one family and no scribes around, Like there's so many of those. And it was a 24 seven thing. And the only reason I can think that he never gets exhausted is because he found what sets his soul on fire, which was us, which was teaching us, being around us, helping us. That was his stage. That was his being a rock star, being a dentist. It was just like, he woke up like, dude, so stoked. Who am I going to meet today? Who am I going to help today? Then I think when you start looking at Jesus that way, as like, this guy was doing what he loved to do. He loved carpentry. I'm sure. I'm sure he loved fishing. I'm sure he loved a lot of that stuff, but he was like, you know what like gets me stoked is just watching a a Simon go from a Simon to a Peter. That's way cool. Seeing Mary Magdalene be, be curious, uh, intrigued Mary to, I believe, and I believe in the risen Christ. Watching that ultimate discipleship in Mary. I mean, there's, that's cool to me. So I tell people, follow again, Christ's example and find out what that was that, or what it is that sets your soul on fire. Yeah. That's such a good point. Cause true. Do you think he's tired of that? Well, and like, I, that is a good question. Like, do you get tired of it? And the thing is, is that if I'm doing those things from a place of like checking boxes and trying to be better than, and trying to like be this perfect Mormon, then heck yeah, that's exhausting. But when I do certain things, because And we've discussed this before too, about like 
if you are coming from a place of deep love, then doing those things doesn't feel exhausting because they bring me peace. Like reading a book of Mormon brings me so much peace that it's not exhausting to me. Do I do it every day? Let's be honest, not every day, but like (laughs) a lot of days I do that and I do it and I'm motivated to do it because I, what it does for me, right? Like I have a relationship with each one of these principles. And so like I go to the temple because when I'm in the celestial room, I feel like I'm getting a giant hug from heaven. You know, like I just feel so much peace. Like these are things I do because they're so much good for me. So the motivation for doing those things is different, but I love that question. Do you think the savior ever gets tired of being the savior? Cause I'm sure he don't. (laughs) I have a question. I mean, sure. All right. Well, I'm wondering like, sorry, I dropped my zoom. We're back. back. Can you tell me? So here's the deal. You have lots of influences in music. That's like way the opposite of probably like Jesus's message, right. Or what exactly he Mm -hmm. was preaching on the earth. And like, so where do you find your influences? What kind of, have you built it yourself? Is it something you're cultivating in yourself? Is it something that you are also, you have the real rough 90s of like LDS pop music that was a rough era for us all to live through. <laughs> you didn't like Sons of Provo, Julie? <laughs> well, no, I mean, that was a joy. I mean, more maybe all of the Cat Perry's. Uh, oh, with all, yeah. Yeah. You know, thinking about testimonies in the wind, things like that. <laughs> nice. Hold, please. Do you know who Sons of Provo are, Ophi? Have you heard uh, that before? You mean Everclean? Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I I rocked out to them. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) of course I did. (laughs) Sweet Spirit was actually one of my favorite songs. I love the best songs because that was me. It is one of the best ones. That one, and then um, what's Diddy? Diddy Whack Mac Mormon Daddy. I used to have that whole rap (laughs) memorized. So yes, I know. That's why when you're saying those things, I was like, Kirby, I love Kirby. <laughs> like, are you kidding yeah, me? Kirby's yeah. great. Um, Kirby. Yeah. Love yeah. him and he's our he's my husband's really good friend. So we love him oh, in real that's life. That's way cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So question. So are you saying influence as what what do you mean by influence? Influence musically, but then also like I don't know, as I hear you and I see you, like your spirit is so strong in the way that you like testify of jesus christ is so strong like i've got to assume that like that your music and all of that is somewhat intertwined and i'm just wondering like what influences you musically let's go musically Hmm. it's really really funny um because i grew up with heavy metal like metallica (laughs) i grew up with metallica corn slipknot um and then a little bit of like Limp Biscuit, because I have brothers that are six to 12 years older than me. So I grew up with their music, you know, Megadeth. And then as I got a little bit older, the first album I ever got that was just mine was for my birthday from my older sister. And she bought me Linkin Park. And that changed my entire life, listening to Linkin Park, listening to Chester Bennington and Mike Shinoda. And, um, the first concert, my brothers surprised me and took me to a Lincoln Park concert. I was one of, oh, one of the, the many millions and millions, but blessed enough to see Chester Bennington perform live. And the lineup, check this out, okay? The lineup was Story of the Year, Hoobastank, P.O.D., Lincoln Park. Wow. And 
oh, dude, I was in heaven. And I, that was the moment. That was the like crowning defining moment watching Chester Bennington. I'm looking around and every, like, we're not even on planet earth anymore. And we're just like <laughs> singing, crawling and in the end and one step closer. And I'm just watching, watching Chester Bennington's soul. Like he opens his chest and we see his soul literally on fire. And I was like, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life is what this guy's doing. That seems amazing and so fun. So my influences, um, like sonically, um, I love heavy metal. It's because so, we don't, we don't play heavy metal because it's a business to me. My band and my music is, is a business. That's why we're professionals. And I, I feel like I have a better chance. Like you look at bands like Imagine Dragons or Maroon 5, and then you have Justin Bieber and Post Malone, like they have big slices of the pie. They, they appeal to a broad audience and they're successful because of that. And so for me, I, I wanted to run it the same way. So the music I play and the music that I'm influenced by is very different. Um, Interesting. So, because okay. yeah, because I love like, I love a lot of rap, but I like <laughs> gangster rap like I really do like a good beat <laughs> and a good message yeah. I mean Eminem was one of my favorite um rappers growing up and you wouldn't see him preaching gospel doctrine on Sundays but here's my thought about that is because like okay for example I'm going to talk about we just headlined a renew 23 cruise and we actually saw Julie the uh, not you Julie Julie Plotz uh, yeah, who Julie. introduced us yeah the other uh, infamous Julie. Um, but anyway, so we we're on this cruise and I decided to extend the invite to my dad and to my older sister. Now, my older sister is not LDS, um, but her and her husband, and he's, he was raised Catholic and they're not LDS and they like to drink. And I was like, come to this thing. And their first response was like, Ooh, it's going to be on a ship with a bunch of Mormons. I don't know. And I said, just, come, just come. And what I was secretly hoping for was that not only would the LDS group that was, you know, chartering the ship would be comfortable with them, but that they would be comfortable with the LDS group. So we, a lot of the time we focus on Jesus Christ, that he was comfortable around um, the sinners and all those people. But what's the flip side of that? Those people we're comfortable with Christ. He didn't come off better than you. He didn't come off holier than thou. He didn't come off as like, I'm judging you right now as I'm sitting next to you. They were comfortable with him. And I look at the culture, especially living here now in Utah, I look at the culture where I'm like, do people with tattoos, long hair, beard, piercings, smelling like cigarettes and weed and alcohol, do they feel comfortable around us? And are we comfortable around them? Because it's, it's both. You need both. You can have people say like, oh, I, I love them. I'm comfortable with them. But the LGBTQ community, are they comfortable around us? Are we comfortable around them? And again, you just go back to Jesus Christ where everybody loved being around him. Why? Because he just focused on them and wanting to make them be the best versions of themselves. So that being said, my influences are, are extremely worldly. I, I mean, I love, I love the music that I love. Foo Fighters, Link Park, Metallica, you know, Eminem, I, I love a lot of that stuff. I, I mean, I like really like Imagine Dragons. I really love Bastille. And there's a heavy band called Bring Me the Horizon that I absolutely love. But the type of music that I play is, you know, not that aggressive, not that heavy. And I'm not, I would never say I'm a Christian rock artist. Uh, I would never say I'm a Mormon artist. Uh, I've, in fact, I've done my best to build my brand not to be that way because I don't want to be, I don't want to be an LDS artist. You know, I don't want to just... That'd be like being a nurse in the hospital and only working on the healthy people. You know, like that's not what I want to do. 
I want to yeah. be a, I want to be an artist that people happen to find out that he happens to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Totally. So, gosh, that think, was the longest answer in history. Sorry. Oh, I love that <laughs> yeah. answer because especially since we all have different like roles to play, right? And because I grew up in Utah, me and Julie, and I have seen that culture, I've seen how that plays out and felt really inspired to like come from a place of like, I'm with you, I'm here, I've lived in this culture and we can do better. And like making yeah. more of an effort to like build in that area. But like there's other people, yourself included, that feel drawn to the people that are not in the church because they also need to feel the spirit. They need to feel connected. And and we need more musicians in the mu music world who have those values, who has that mission that like, you know what I'm saying? So like, I think it's yeah. good. I, I wish we had more artists. Like I wish we had someone singing gangster rap that was like, a little less gangster you know what i'm saying yeah. well you know? i mean i mean think about think about it this way like the big artists and the influence that post malone justin bieber um the the influence that doja cat and um louis capaldi i mean they have so olivia rodrigo all the influence of all these kids now i don't personally know what each of their mission statement is or what their message is but what if all of them loved the book of mormon it was like dude because again, I don't, I don't see God as this black and white. I mean, for a lot of my career, I thought it was, I could either be Mormon, Mormon, or I could be a rock star. And I just never saw a world where I could be both until I started learning who Jesus Christ was. Now, earlier in this podcast, you mentioned motivation. And I think that is one of the smartest things to remember, because if, if the end game in this belief system was like, like not eternal families and eternal glory and happiness and all that stuff, I wouldn't be here. I'd be like, no, I'm like, if, if the reward wasn't worth sacrifice, I wouldn't do it. I'd be like, no, absolutely not. And if talk about the culture, like that, this is a, a thing that sets my, my everything on fire because <laughs> I have both sides of it. You know, like I didn't grow up in Utah, but I came here and it is different. But there's two sides, like there's a wonderful culture that there's also some bad things in the culture as well. And I, you know, I was in a mid singles ward and I hated elder scorn. I just, every time I'd go, I was just like, dude, this is the most depressing room I've ever been in all week. I'm doing music. Um, I'm happy. And then I go to, to church and sometimes the fasting testimony meetings are, are sad they're just very, you know, pain inspired. And I'm like, where's the worship? Where's the excitement about Jesus Christ? And then I went to elders quorum and I just, I'm ashamed to say this, but I'm, you know, I'll admit it. I ended up stopping, like I stopped going to elders quorum. I would only go to sacrament and then I'd go home and I'd study there, or I'd go to sacrament and then I'd go to Sunday school. But every other week, I mean, when, when, when we went from three hours to two, it killed me. It, it hurt. It rocked my testimony because I loved I was like, what else am I going to do on Sunday? You know, I loved it. Most people didn't, but I, I was like, oh, I want to keep the three hours at another hour if, if we can't, you know? Um, so then when it went down to this, every other thing, I really, really struggled because I thought I'm not getting anything out of elders quorum. I'm not having fun. I don't feel the savior. And I ended up going home and I, I felt this heavenly smack upside my head, like really hard, almost like a pay attention. And the phrase that came to my heart was, if you had a big, beautiful home, but your living room was filthy, what would you do? Would you leave the house and never come back? Would you burn the house down? 
And I was like, no, I would clean the living room. Then he said, then get your butt back to church and clean the living room. And so I, I looked at it different where I thought, okay, you know what, instead of sitting there complaining, how about I give in sacrament or in, in elders quorum, instead of just trying to take, how about I, how about I study the lesson too and start asking questions? How about I start being friends? How about I sit, make a, make it a mental note to sit and learn everybody's name throughout. And all of a sudden it just changed my whole experience with church in general. I've always loved church, but with, with mid singles, um, especially changed my, my thinking about that. Um, because I just, I'm like, yeah, that's our job. Our job is to clean. Our job is to be there and to help and not just complain because the culture is this, or I have a lot of friends that have left the church because of the culture. And, and some of them have very valid reasons. I'm like, oh, I, I understand. And I support you. Um, but yeah. there are some that have felt like me where it's just like, ah, it's just boring or, oh, I don't like this. So I, I'm just here to be like, for me and my life and my journey and my testimony, I want to help clean, edify, and build. That's what I want to do. Well, and sometimes I think we have to remember that like everybody's volunteering. We think it's like yeah. the teacher job in front of us to like make it interesting. I'm like, dude, he showed up and is doing this for free, just like all of us, you know? I'm like, yeah. maybe he's yeah. a volunteer. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. like his, it doesn't fire him up, you know? God has called him to edify him more to do that. And like, how nice that you showed up and helped him out. And he's like, oh my gosh, thank mm. you for talking. This is not my yeah. idea. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. all volunteering. We're all doing the best we can to like build it. And I, I think you're absolutely right. Like you got to check your attitude a little bit and make sure that you're not creating part of that problem. Yeah. yeah. But I, I also love what you said though, about worship and that, so I think there's two invitations here, right? There's the invitation to like, what can I do to clean up the living room, to build up my corner of the kingdom, but also like, what can I do? while I'm there that will feel like worship. Yeah. When you're at church, can you sing a little louder? Like how can you make your worship be more intentional and meaningful? And that reminds me, um, on my mission, I was in Chicago and there's a Navy base there. And so a good six months, my mission were serving on the Navy base. And we have these little recruits. They're like, some of them are 18 years old, you know? So these like young dudes and they're singing, these hymns. And so like each week at church, we had just the one hour of church. And so maybe at two, but I just remember we had a session where like everyone got to pick a hymn and we'd sing just the first verse of it and go through like everybody's requests. And they sang those hymns like their life depended on it. Like I will never, ever forget how I felt sitting in that room. And there was acoustics galore in this like, you know, chapel on bass. And these boys just like singing their heart out and like singing to God was so powerful for me. And I'm like, man, if every week at sacrament meeting, we could sing like these dudes who are like yeah. scared, right? They're away from home for the first time. They're, you know, going into the military, they're freaked out and they are just like, man, I need God right now. And they sang so powerfully. And so I just, I love this reminder of like, how are we worshiping? And um, my promise to you, is next testimony meeting. I'm going to get up. I, I tend to get emotional because I am so grateful for like the miracles in my life, but I want to really get up and just like talk about the joy and the excitement because that's yeah. part of it too. So I love that. And some people, some people, some people do. Joyful. 
Yeah, some people get emotional and that's just, you know, a natural response to being in front of a, an audience or some people have, I mean, that's the other, there's another part of that, that where some people are introverted. Some people don't like getting up and talking, but they have a big testimony, you know? And so it's like, we're not excluding those people. It's just sometimes it's hard to, to do that. Um, in, my, in my young single adult ward in Huntington Beach, way back in the day, we, we, we started this initiative that no one would ever sit alone in sacrament. And it was just the coolest thing because what we did is anytime, and we'd have like a group of us that our secret mission was anytime we saw somebody sit alone was to pack the middle, that middle part, uh, you know, the, the pews of all that stuff. So, you know, if it was full enough to get the coolest things happen, we watched all of our testimonies grow because we were all one body. We were all of one mind, one heart. We were Zion. Like it was the most amazing thing. And no one felt alone. Everybody had somebody, even if you didn't know the person you're sitting next to somebody on both sides and you just, you're not alone. And I just keep thinking that, you know, in heaven, there won't be handshakes. There'll be hugs and you're not going to be alone. And I don't, I don't want to build a world where people are alone and people, I mean, even in, in our concerts, if I know of people that are coming by themselves, I'll say, Hey, is it okay if I put you in a group of other people that just bought one ticket and you guys kind of come together. And so we'll have that. We'll have people show up and there's a group of 10 people that don't know each other, but they're like, this is my group to hang. And it's up to them if they want to hang out with that group or not. But, um, you know, I think we do have a, a big responsibility to just like add your testimony in sacrament. And there's so many ways to do it. Pray before church and ask that your spirit will give off happy vibes and good vibes to people or take notes or, you know, pay attention to the speaker. You know, like I, I'm a very hard critic. I, it's something I'm working on. It's my pride. I, I used to teach gospel doctrine. And so I, I struggle not critiquing other people, people, <laughs> other people <laughs> and other speakers. Peeper is people and speakers in one peeper. I have combining words. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I critique them and I'm like, gosh, this is not what Jesus would be doing at church. He wouldn't be sitting there and being like, well, my sermon was way better. You know, that's just not him. <laughs> So I'm, there's a lot of things that I need to work on as well. And I'm excited too, because gosh, darn it, we should live a gospel where people can grow and make mistakes and learn and get over stuff. And I mean, there's, I hate saying, you know, get over some stuff. Cause there are some big things that people have gone through that I've gone through that you can't just get over, you know, yeah. stuff like abuse and other things like those are serious, but you know, just if somebody makes a mistake, Hey, one time I had a seminary teacher tell me that my skin will be made white in the next life and that I will no longer be brown. And the crazy thing is I could have left. My testimony was so brittle. I was, I was looking into the church and what happened? She ended up talking to a counselor or somebody. And I, I was like, I don't believe in that. And we laughed about it later, a couple of days later when she was like, oh, I was totally wrong. And I was like, that was so beautiful that it wasn't, no one, no one died. Could you imagine if social media was back then? This poor lady would have been destroyed. Her, she would have right. been canceled so quick. And I'm just like, that's, I don't believe in, in that. You know, it's like, let people grow. They're going to make mistakes. Anyway, I could go on and on about that. I love that. Well, that's actually a really perfect segue though, because another great, amazing thing about you is that you're such an advocate for like mental health. And actually we just did an interview recently where they called it brain health instead mm. I'm like, we like, like that. that. So yes, but like you're a huge advocate for that. And that's so perfect. Like you're talking about like not letting people be alone at church and 
there is a huge uprising, right? In like, in the amount of suicides we have and like the mental health that's going on, like there's a lot going on. So, and also going back to like how you can be a much bigger influence if you're not pigeonholed as an LDS artist, right? That you can have such a huge impact being an artist who is also LDS, right? And so I I just, I love that you've done that too. So let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about your mental health awareness, like advocacy and kind of, you know, why you got into that and how your platform helps you do that. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of origin stories uh, that I I share. It's it's kind of funny as like music, starts to take off because i mean let's face it i'm not famous i'm not yet i'm not like all over the world but i mean we just yet well we just we we had a a massive offer come in and we're going to take it and it'll i mean money aside it's it's a life-changing amount but it's what's going to happen because of this deal is life-changing so you know new band new everything um and i i we've got back a couple of the singles that were that we have have recorded and it's just amazing and as i'm as i'm starting to see more beauty in music it's not that i don't think about you know the traumas and stuff in my life but they're like those bitter memories have become sweet in the weirdest way because i'm like man i remember i mean i went through a divorce and that like sucked so bad i hated it until I met the girl of my dreams and married her. And I was like, oh, I would go through a thousand of those marriages and divorces to meet this girl again. Like it just, it's so some, not that I'm grateful that I went through a divorce. I'm grateful. And I'm very careful about how I say this. I'm very grateful that we have, and we worship a God that allows us and him to work together to make miracles out of the messes. That's what I'm grateful for. Um, I'm grateful. Some of the traumas that I've had, again, like I'm not grateful that I went through certain, certain things and experienced those things. I'm because I, I had a friend one time say, I'm really grateful that I did A, B, C, and D outside of the church and that I broke these commandments. I'm really grateful because it taught me this. Then I'm like, I get what you're trying to say. I think a better way to say it is we're grateful for the atonement and we're grateful for Jesus Christ that when we do make those, those choices, and we realize the consequence and they come back and they bite us or the consequences are gross and yucky and they make us feel like crap. We're grateful that we have a savior that's like, hey, I'll help you and we'll we'll get through this and you will feel like a new person. So yeah, when I was young, uh, my mom struggled with mental illness a lot. And then just a lot of family dramas. Um, I, I did try to kill myself when I was 16. Um, and you know, like I'm, I'm so grateful that I had the right people there at the right time, um, to help me just, I mean, I I was a 16 year old kid laying face down on this busy road waiting. It was like one o'clock in the morning and I'm in all black and I'm just waiting for semis because there's always semis driving on this road and I'm just waiting. And I, I remember just like closing my eyes, crying and just, you know, I'm 16, I didn't, I didn't know a lot of this stuff. I mean, I hadn't even discovered taxes yet. And that's the worst taxes suck so bad. (laughs) Um, But again, like I'm 16 and and in my 16 year old brain, I didn't think I had any resources to overcome the problems that I was going through. I didn't think that I had, you know, enough, anything to help me get through it. And so um, 
you know, I still remember what that, that asphalt smells like. I still remember the temperature. I still remember like the chills and hearing bugs and, you know, them chirping. And I just, I'm in Victorville, California. And I remember that. And that night, not a single car for about a good eight minutes, eight to 10 minutes. It was like, I'm like, what did they stop? What happened? You know, and I'm crying. And I just remember thinking like, why won't you let me end this? And then, you know, I ended up getting up and the second I walked off the road, boom, cars. It was as if there was like a massive pile up and something stopped it for a good 10 minutes. Cause the second I stepped back, it was just boom, cars both ways. And, you know, I just remember feeling like, okay, maybe, maybe there are some resources that I can use to get help and talk to people. And so I went to therapy and counseling and ever since that, and then, you know, watching my mom overdose a year later after that experience and she survived. And, you know, my mom, I have a very, very time, tough time talking about family stuff, but it's just because I realized they were, they really were doing the best that they could with what they had, you know, and I don't, I don't judge my parents. I don't judge my, my siblings. It's just, they're, they're doing the best. We all are, we all are doing the best. And sometimes we make mistakes and that hurt, those mistakes hurt people. And sometimes we make mistakes and those mistakes hurt ourselves. Um, but I just, I, I don't want to live a life where I'm just judging everybody based on, their, their faults and their mistakes. Like, that's just not fun. It's just not a fun life. I want to be the type of person that believes in people despite their shortcomings and even offers to help them. And as, as I would want that too, you know, I would hate for everybody to know all the mistakes I've ever done. I would hate that. I'd hate, there are some things I've done in my life that I'm not proud of and would hate for that to come to light. Knowing that, knowing my relationship with God, that he sees me and, and loves me. I mean, he, he doesn't care about my track record because his is perfect. And I, I don't want to make it sound like I, like I can sin and do all this other stuff. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking, he's perfect. And even though I'm not, even though I'm like, I wouldn't want to sit next to Jesus. Cause I'd be like, Oh dude, you know, way too much about me. You know, I'm like, but then I got to know him where I'm like, yeah, that you're the first person I'd want to run to. Even though I, I feel the way that I feel, you make me feel like that's okay that I can, I can be better despite all my wounds, all the holes in my body. Like you make me feel like I, I belong next to Christ. And that's, that's what I want to do with, with my music. I, and again, a lot of my listeners are not LDS and I never push religion on them. What I try to, to say is just empowerment and loving yourself and understanding that you're, you're a spiritual being, eternal being going through a very physical process here on earth and you're learning things and you're figuring things out. And so just, you're never alone and it's okay to grow. It really is. It's a fantastic thing. I've changed some of the ways that I used to think over the last 10 years because people have taught me that I was thinking of things wrong and I love that we get to grow and learn. Yeah, that's so good. And, and I've watched you, like I've watched you perform a couple of times now and you do share openly about these things. And that's also so influential, right? They're like, you're this great rock star and you openly talk about like struggling with mental health and struggling with like suicidal thoughts and like you share all this stuff as well. And so it makes you, I mean, I already said this, but like, just makes you even more endearing as a musician that you are so open and like, we don't know you, right? Like, we just see this, like, piece yeah. of you, but it still yeah. feels like I could connect with you, and that's powerful, right? Like, I don't have to, like, know your whole story or know everything about you or anything, but to feel connected as, like, a brother. Like, we're all brothers yeah. and sisters, and so 
yeah, just that it is powerful to like have that connection, but that's what happens when you share authentically. Right. And like, you're sharing from your, your scars, not your wounds, right? Like you're sharing from things that you've healed from and you're continuing to heal from and you're working on, but it is such a connective piece to hear your story and have that. And so, yeah, it's so beautiful. I am fortunate enough to go do firesides and devotionals and um, kind of all over. And it's been really, really a big blessing for me because I'm like, oh, I got to stay on my toes because now I'm about to teach. I'm about to teach. And sometimes it's, you know, full stakes, you know, three stakes into one, or it's young men, young women, or it's mid singles, young singles. Um, there's one that I got asked to do with, with a bunch of missionaries. And I would love, I, you know, hopefully that one goes through because I'm very excited if our schedule allow it. But there's the theme, two of the themes that I, have discovered is, is your identity. It's, it's one of the big ones that I, that I am teaching right now, because again, like I play this game. If I was the adversary, if I was Satan and somebody hired me to come speak to a group of members of the church, Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, and my whole job, I'm getting paid to destroy them. My whole job was to destroy <laughs> this group. I'm like, what message would I use? And thinking long and hard and knowing the characteristics of the adversary, knowing what he wants from us, I was like, yeah, I would, I would just destroy their identity. I would make them, I would find joy out of seeing them as Superman and Superwoman in a in their whole costume and 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 their cape. And I would put them on a bus and never let them know that they could fly. I, I'd even let them wear their cape because it would amuse me. And I would just put them on a bus and and they'd walk everywhere. And so I I kind of think about that that if you knew who you are or who, where you were, if you actually could sit down with Jesus Christ, with Heavenly Father in an interview, and they said, let me show you who you are, dude, you, you'd be unstoppable. And I feel like I've gotten to that place in my life where I'm, I have finally been able to start seeing myself through their eyes. And you, we say that phrase a lot in the gospel. And I would just add that people really listen to that phrase. You guys have heard that phrase, see yourself through Christ's eyes, right? How is that physically possible? The only way you could see somebody through their eyes is if you were right there next to them. That's the only way. Because if you're a mile away, you can't see yourself through their eyes. And so I would tell people, if you want to see yourself that way, get so close to Christ that you can. And the, the three S's that I, that I try to hammer in is seek, study, and stay. Seek out Jesus Christ, seek out who he is to you, seek out who his personality is. Um, and then once you, once you found him, study him, study him like, like you need oxygen, get to know his voice, how he sounds, get to know his laugh, get to know his phrases, get to know how he speaks to you. And then once you've grabbed a hold of that, do everything you can to stay. Because once you start to know who Jesus Christ is, Satan's like, oh, shoot, he knows who that guy is. I'm going to even try I'm going to try even harder. Um, so again, me, I, I think um, getting to know Jesus Christ has helped me love so many people and, and, and forgive myself and forgive other people um, because I don't follow commandments because some people in Utah told me to. I don't, I don't pay tithing, even though there's headlines about the church being audited and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, that's not why I pay my tithing. 
I pay my tithing because Heavenly Father asked me to, and I love him so much that that's all he has to do is just ask. That's it. I want to be so tight with Jesus where if he just says, hey, man, um, just, just to end, because I know I've been talking a lot, but I had a good friend ask me after a show, why don't you drink? Dude, you just like killed it up there. We're all partying. Why don't you drink? And I could have said, oh, because I'm Mormon. Oh, it's word of wisdom, all these things. And I just said, you know, the relationship I have with, with Heavenly Father, I just... I I'm choosing to give that up so I can be close to him. And it just inspired this whole different talk between me and this friend where it was like, he had never heard somebody say that, especially a, a Mormon. And again, I, I just ended that testimony with him by saying, dude, if it got to the point where Christ said, Hey, I need you to stop drinking water. My mind would instantly do two things. One, okay. Either all the water in the world's poisoned and he's saving my life and he's going to give me something else to take the place of water or two. It's my time to go. And he's asking me to sacrifice my only son, um, you know, in, in the wilderness. Either way, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not at the place where I need to understand his reasoning. I know him. I love him and I trust him. And I know he'll never ask me to do anything that's ever going to hurt my happiness or my eternal salvation. And so it's just it's fierce brand loyalty to, to Heavenly Father and to Jesus Christ, because I, I wouldn't have anything. I wouldn't have my music. I wouldn't have my wife. I wouldn't have my family. Like I wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for his love, for his mercy. And so I'm whatever he wants. Doesn't matter if it's hard. Doesn't matter if it's inconvenient. I'm like, dude, you're my favorite person in the world. Whatever you ask, I'm there. And we, we all have friends like that. We have friends that right now, if they were to call you in the middle of this podcast, you drop everything and you'd be there for them. It's like, well, Jesus Christ is no different and neither is Heavenly Father. I'm, I feel like I've gotten that close to them that I love reading more stories about them. I love learning about them um, because I, I just want to be like him, man. He, he is a rock star and I, that's who I want to be like is my big brother, Jesus. I love that. And I love the fierce brand loyalty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. I'm so you grateful know. for you being here. We had, we had the exact same. This is something that has been spoken to me probably, I would say five times over the last week, which means the spirit is pounding it pretty hard for me. But like that as members of the church, like we need to reach a reality of why we're living the commandments and it needs to be an internal reason. Like you said, I love that you said it can't be someone in Utah told me to do it. Right. Like, and I think that as we like approach that, because I think a lot of times too, we say we follow the commandments because God wants obedience, but like, that's not even it either. Like God yeah. isn't, looking, you know, like that's not even close to it. God would be like, I didn't do it because I didn't want you to do it. Cause I told you to do it. You know what I mean? Like God's yeah. like, yeah. gave you the, to like help you out. Like, yeah, I mean, you tell me yeah. if you want or not, you know, but <laughs> of that, I feel like we've got to look inside ourselves and like really understand why we're choosing the commandments and why we're following him. I think that will ingrain and stake us deeper into our relationship with Jesus Christ and into our fellowship moving forward. Yeah. And really, I mean, there, there are people, cause I, I got chastised one time at the end of, of teaching an identity course and somebody said, okay, like, I love that you have the passion for the gospel, but what if I have none, but I want to. Like you, you didn't teach us how to get there. And I just was like, man, I talked for an hour and a half and I never talked about that. And so I, you know, exactly what you said. I, I, I love that we're echoing these things because it really comes down to the person. Like if your motivation right now to go to church or go on a mission or follow the commandments is because your parents, cool. Use that 
as like a buoy to get to yourself because we have to go through storms in life. You have to, it's just a thing of life. And if you don't have a solid anchor, you're going to get owned. And so if right now, if your anchor is tied to your mom or your dad or your best friend, awesome. At least you have an anchor, but start and just, it really comes down to what do you want? At the end of this life, you die. What does what do you want out of it? What, what do you want people to say at your funeral? What do you want to feel throughout your life? And again, for me, motivation wasn't strong enough to simply keep the commandments because I said so. I'm, the, I'm like, I wasn't at the point where that was enough for me. But, uh, you know, a good little analogy would be when you go to somebody's house, and hopefully we've all done this, and you start to walk in and you ask that first question, do I take my shoes off or leave them on? And if the person says, well, it's my house, can you take your shoes off? Because you love that person, you take your freaking shoes off. You know, you're like, oh, I'll take my shoes off because you love them. Even though in my house, you keep your shoes on. I'm not at my house. And so it's like to the point where it's like, well, I love that person. I want to respect their rules. And then it'll translate even more to instead of I was commanded to do this. I don't know why I'm just doing it now. You'll eventually, it's so beautiful how the gospel works because you start off trying, trying to figure out and, and just obey. And pretty soon it's like, Oh, when you, when you understand the power that comes from obedience out of love, you're untouchable. When you understand there's so much power behind me choosing to, to do these things, because I just, I love heavenly father and he blesses me so much. I'm like, this is a great exchange. I love this exchange of energy. I love you. You're the best ever. And even during hard times, I'm like, I don't blame him. That's just life. I signed up for this. So Anyway, people, people start anywhere and just start with who is Jesus? Who is him? And why do I need to know who this guy is? Why did his death mean anything for me? Figure it out. Go ask and go, go. Depends on the type of life you want. You'll get as much out of it as, as you put in. So true. I will say uh, to, to tease a little bit, but if you go to ofiband.com, you'll see, I, I put this up for uh, a month or two, but before we take down everything, start the new band, release the new singles. Again, this, this new contract that's coming in is just, it's, it's life-changing, man. It's like the coolest experience ever. And so we're going to be able to just put a ton of money behind our album, behind our tours, do buy on tours and buy on to, to big tours. And like, are you replacing people or like, what does it mean? A new band? Like, what are you doing? So yes and no. Um, I've, I'm working with a new producer now, um, and we're working with some of the top mixing and mastering engineers. Like uh, I'll just drop the name Zach Servini. We're working with Zach Servini for mixing our tracks. We're working with Ted Jensen, who's mastering stuff. Um, and then our producer here in Utah is Randy Slaw. And it's just like, it's a, and my best, best friend in the entire world, Jesse, uh, he's my bass player, but he was also my companion on the mission. Uh, he's with oh, me. Cool. And then the drummer that drums for the band Gentry, I saw him drum a couple of times and he, he has this rock edge to him that I saw during a cover of Green Day. And I was like, that's my guy. And so I talked to him and I said, can you come drum for me? And so it's basically myself, Jesse and, and Nate. And we are kind of the trio and on stage, we'll either have like an auxiliary or a utility player. There's somebody else that will come and play backup guitar, backup keyboards, backup drums, whatever. Um, so it, the shows now are productions. They're not, they're not just, you know, three bandmates playing. It's, it's, a, it's a big production, you know, a lot of, a lot of big sounds. And so currently right now we're on our 
fifth and sixth singles. Um, so the first four are, I'm like so giddy about it. I mean, they're amazing. And I, so we have our plan of attack of how to release what we're going to do. So we've been recording a lot. And then right now I just do, I've been doing a lot of private corporate gigs because they pay the most. And then uh, look, I've been asked to play at some universities. And so I'll be announcing which ones because I think college shows are awesome. And then we got, I can't say yet, but there is a massive, massive festival that has been a dream of mine. Uh, When I say massive, I mean over 500,000 people in over three days at this festival. And we got on that festival for 2024. And so I, I can't wait to announce what that is. We also have two stadium shows that were, one of them we get to headline, one of them we're opening. And I'm equally excited about both. That's so I'll cool. just say last, last time, one of the stadium ones did it, the, the headliner was Rolling Stones. And so I don't know who they're bringing back for this one, but we get to open for that. And it's just us and them. So it's just been so exciting just building the brand and the band and running it like a business. So yeah, that's what's, that's what's new. So I will be shutting down, unfortunately, the band Ophi, because when I started Ophi, it was just me. It really was just the Ophi show. And I had some backup people, but over the last, and a different producer, but over the last couple of years, it's developed into a family and a band and it just didn't feel right. I mean, my name, my, my first name's not even Ophi. It was just a nickname that was given. And then I ended up using it as a band name for the last three years. And so um, I finally get to have my name Burke. Back. And that's my name. That's my real name is Burke. And I can't tell you how excited I am to just be Burke again. You know, I, I can, I could just be me and then have the band. I can't tell you the band name, but I will be announcing it on Instagram, Ophi Band, and then online, you can get a sneak peek of two of the singles um, in a little video, a highlight video. So OfiBand.com and then Ophi Band. So I'm so excited. We're hoping, we're hoping by the summer, it's full, our brand new singles out there. And some of them, some of you have heard the song Crown, that will most likely be our first single. And that song is wild. And the main lyric behind it is, I've got a crown, but it's not big enough. And I'll let you figure out what that means. But that's that was our first our first single that we're going to be putting out. That's so cool. Okay, so I'll get those from you so we can link them in the show notes so you can easily find all the stuff to go listen to you and to go follow you and all the good stuff. So that's cool. perfect. We'll make it really easy for them to find you. And we are just, we're just so grateful for you taking the time. We know you've got a busy schedule. And so- Thank you for taking time to be here for our audience. We got you on the upright before you signed that. We needed to get you on yeah. right before. This signing well, is going to way too big for a little podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're sweet. I don't, I hope I, I never turn into that guy. And if I do use this as a testimony against me, but um, I mean, scheduling stuff aside, I, I don't ever want to be the guy that's just way too big to do anything. You know, like I'm singing in church uh in two days and i never do that but the this sister that was on the cruise was like hey our ward doesn't ever get to do musical numbers and at first i was like no that's so weird i don't want to sing at church like 
and part of me was like, dude, like I like a big production. And then I got slapped upside the head, like, dude, what do you think you're the Rolling Stones? You know, like go sing, go, go <laughs> bring joy to people's lives. And so I was like, called her and I was like, hey, I'd love to do it. This time, and I'm actually very, very excited to sing because I don't, I don't get to sing church songs too often. So I, yeah. I did my version. I'm going to be singing Come Thou Fount. And I do a like a rock yeah. version. That was my only thing. Can I bring my acoustic guitar and can I, can I just be me and rock it? And they're like, we would love that. So so excited. That's so cool. I love that. And yeah, also, can they reach out to you about doing firesides? Because I've been to your fireside and it's wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, yeah if you can book him for um, a fireside, it's really good. Yeah, thank I appreciate saying that. Um, yeah, we have I, I'm again scheduling is a is a big thing. Um, and there's a couple that are really, really big. Some of them are five and 10 stake things that are in the works right now, like 10 stakes. It's, it's a ton, but there's, I mean, I guess that's 10. I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, I, I know one of them I got reached out to is like 24,000 YSAs. And so I was like, that would be an awesome devotional. And then they want to do a concert. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I love teaching the gospel and I'll never rent my testimony. So I, as much as possible, cut down. I don't charge for any of that. Now, when I'm doing my concerts, I charge a ton. I charge a lot for my concerts because I it's a big confession, but for my, but for my devotionals, I'm like, no, I'll just, I'll go teach. And, um, I don't charge for it. And then if I just do like a couple of acoustic songs so that people can feel not only the spirit, but then they also feel the energy and feel like it's okay to be hundred percent in the gospel and hundred percent in rock music. Use that as analogy for hundred percent in the gospel and hundred percent into acting or podcast, whatever it is, be hundred percent what you do. Yeah. I love that. Perfect. Well, we're so excited to watch your journey and to see you take off and okay. Thank you so much listeners. Thank, thank you for, for being here. Me. Of course, it was an honor, and we will link all the things so you can go hang out with Ophi until he's just Burke. And <laughs> Burke. We'll transform yeah. into Burke. I yeah. love it. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for being here today. If you like the podcast, the best way to support us is to leave a review and five-star rating. And come hang out with us and join our community at our new Instagram at notyourmamas.rs.